Jesus' very own words, John records them here, I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away, or could mean lift up. And every branch that bears in me, he prunes, which another definition of that is cleanses, that it may bear more fruit. You are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. Abide in me. Now there's a word I want you to get a hold of and, and really get familiar with. It's going to follow us through all of this chapter. Abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. Let's pray together. Once again, Holy Spirit, I just want to stand before you and thank you for preserving these words. Jesus spoke them this night, but Holy Spirit, you wrote them on the heart of John with such indelible ink that even... Days later, weeks later, months later, years later, he was able to record and remember word for word just what Jesus said. That's what you do. Holy Spirit, that's part of your ministry is to bring Jesus' words to our heart. And so I thank you, Lord, for not only having John to pen them, but here we are centuries later and we're still benefiting from the incredible power these words have. Unveil a secret to us today, Lord. Unveil the secret that our power, our energy, our very life source flows through our connection with you. We ask that in Christ's name. Amen. <clears throat> have you noticed that in our country we have this insatiable need to be connected? Oh, we have got to be connected with one another. Whether it's our smartphone or iPad, or a computer, or instant messaging. We have got to be in touch with those that we love. We've got to have the news. We've got to have the stock quotes. We've got to have uh, the information that's at our fingertips. We've got to have this connection with family and friends. And if we don't, we just go bonkers. I mean, it, is, it used to be when our kids were growing up, you know, we would, we would put them on restriction, or we'd send them in a corner or whatever. Now you just... Take that iPhone away. Oh, God forbid. Okay? And I tell you what's almost as bad as that is if when we get ours taken away for some reason. Okay? We have become that generation that is so integrally co connected. We've got to be in connection with one another. We might not have to be in the same room with one another, but we've got to be able to get in touch with them. If the need arises. Now, Jesus wants to address this connectivity. Not so much in terms of your smartphone. But in terms of being connected to Him. And He wants us to develop a need. A deep and abiding need. That we have to be connected to Him. That apart from Him, we go bonkers. Our lives go crazy. And this is the essence of what we're talking about here today. Quick review. Jesus said, I want you to know I'm the true vine. Any others are just imitations of me. I am the true vine. And my Father, that's God the Father, is the vine dresser. 
Now the role of the vine dresser is to care for the vine and all of the branches. Everything the vine dresser does is to promote fruitfulness, to promote productivity, to promote those vines to be able to produce the grapes that they would need. And this is something that was very well known to the people of Israel. This was part of the symbolism of their lives in which they lived. We don't do that quite as much here, but we have learned some other analogies, haven't we? So Jesus goes on, and today I want you to focus on the connectivity. He used the word abide. It's important for you to abide in me. Your Bible may say, remain in me. And that's a, that, that's a good translation too. But the problem is, languages are, are, are so different. Some languages are rich in their vocabulary in that they have many different words to describe a particular uh, feeling or situation. And, and they're, they're varied and each one gives a different nuance of meaning. Uh, English sometimes not so much so. And so when, when we have in our English Bibles, we'll read and we'll get a basic understanding of what a word means, but sometimes not plumb the depths of it. That's, that's kind of the where we are today. We, we tax our vocabulary sometimes far beyond what it's able to bear. Okay? We give so many connotations to a word, we hardly know what it means. For instance, the, the word love. I love my wife. I love my car. I love ice cream. Now let me tell you something. I mean something different in each of those sentences. Alright? But we use this same word and, and it, it kind of has to cover such a vast feelings, vast emotions, vast definitions. Other languages are much more precise. And, and, and we see that when we come to this word. The Greek word here for abide or to remain is the word meno. Alright? It's pronounced just like the little fish that swims that we use as bait. But it's M-E-N-O is the way it's actually spelled. Minnow. And does it mean to, uh, to abide, to remain? Yes, it does. But it means so much more than that. There's so much more depth to what Jesus was saying than just this. It's important, but just this. He wants us to know that the word that he chose here, that he uses over and over and over and over in this chapter because it's so important. He wants us to understand this is the secret of being connected to Him. This is the secret of being vitally in union with Him. The, the word means to much more. It, it, it means, for instance, that you, you have to see it as, as meaning that uh, this is where you draw your substance. This is where you, you find your identity. This is where you are, are uh, enabled. This is where you're birthed from. Uh, this, is, this is where you have to be in order to continue to remain the way you are. I, I think a good way to maybe define this in our day is to put it this way. To, to live and to draw one's life source from someone or something. To draw one's life source, essence, identity, worth, value. That's, that's what the word here... Uh, meno means. And so Jesus is saying, I want you, I want to be your life source. I want you to draw your energy for living. Draw your creativity. Draw your power. Draw everything that you need in life from me. And so he uses this analogy of the vine 
and the branches that go off. And he's focusing right here on where, where that, that vine is and where the branch comes out. This little place, this connection point is what he is drawing attention to. Even as for you and I, it is so important to be connected in the world in which we live. Jesus is saying it is equally vital, much more vital, for you to be intimately connected to me. And that connection is so very important. When the little baby is, is forming in the mother's womb, there is a vital connectivity. And it is the umbilicus. We know it as the umbilical cord. The, the, the child draws its strength and energy and, and everything through that, that umbilical cord. And when something happens and that umbilical cord is compromised, it is a, a really, really dangerous situation. And you have to intervene quickly because if that umbilical cord is compromised, then the child no longer has its life source, can no longer draw life from the mother, and will die. That's the connection, the connectivity that God wants us to grasp because He is the vine and we're the branches. And, and that, that connection is that umbilicus. It is what binds us to Him. And that's where we get our, our power, our strength, our life force flows through that connectivity. I had opportunity one time to, to be able to... Uh, rather than, than uh, across between scuba diving and uh, just, just regular diving, but you, you go down and you've got this little helmet and you've got a, an air hose attached to it. And so you can go down, you can be down there as long as you want to because the air hose is always there. How foolish would it be to remove the air hose? That's, that's my source of life. That's what enables me to be able to, to, to live under that water. That is the umbilicus. That's what holds life to me. It is my lifeline. So Jesus says, I am your lifeline. I am the one that you are to draw all of your strength and your source from. And so he says, abiding is the thing I want you to understand. It's interesting in this language that this is in the, uh, <clears throat> the, the, the aorist tense, so it comes across as a command. Jesus ushers this as a command. This is absolutely essential for your life. You've, you've got to do this. You've got to maintain this connection. Because if you don't, the life is not going to flow. Last weekend, uh, my assignment was to go outside and do some pruning. Now, now you've got to be real interesting because when I do pruning, it's usually with a chainsaw, okay? So, Valeria has to give me very careful instructions about how to do that. But as I'm out there pruning the various bushes and everything, uh, I... I I had having a pile there on the ground. At several of them as I cut off, I noticed where I cut them off was still very green and, and had sap there. Even, even though we've had all the coal that we've had and such. But it, it was still sticky and had sap and it was still very green there. And, and so I picked that up and I'm taking it over to the brush pile. And I'm thinking, what's going to happen to this branch that I just pruned off? It's separated from the life source. It's separated from what gives it strength. What gives it the ability to produce. What's going to happen to it? I looked at it again as I was out there walking the dog this, this weekend. And you know what? It's withered. And it's dry. And there's no life in it. Why? Because it's disconnected 
from the source. I pruned it and so it was not able to abide anymore where it got its life from. Do you understand where this is going? Jesus is our life. He is our life source. He is the one who, that we draw everything from. And so he said it's so important for you to maintain this abiding, this connectivity with me. Now I want you to see three things this, you know, this morning that I want to really draw home to you and, and show you from the Word where this is true. I want you to see the price of abiding. I want you to see the promise of abiding. And I want you to see the peace of abiding. I didn't have an outline for this message. So as we got together in our worship planning with you know, all our guys that helped me in so many different ways, you know, they, they said, well, here's your outline. And they threw it out. And I said, that sounds good. I think I'll use that. Okay. There you go, Derek. Derek, there you go. Thank you. The price of abiding. The price initially was paid for by Jesus Christ. You know what? When you and I were saved, let me tell you what happened in the spiritual world. Two things happened in the spiritual world that are vital for you to understand. When you pray to accept Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, the Bible tells us that, that the Spirit of the living God, the Spirit of Jesus Christ, came within you. He came to live and take up residence in you. Christ came in you. But something else happened. At the very same time, the Bible says that, that you were then grafted into Jesus, into Christ. That, that you became one with Him. That He brought you into Himself. And both of these things are equally true at the very same time. We are in Christ and Christ is in us. Both of those absolutely imperatively true. And so anytime you're reading your Bible, listen, this, this is a good Bible study, hold on tight. Anytime you're reading your Bible and you see the phrase in Christ or in Him or through Him, this is the same phrase in, in, in the Greek. And, and being in Him results in some wonderful things. We're going to see that in just a few moments. But how is it that Christ is in me? How is it that I am in Christ? Because Jesus took my sins upon Himself. He took my sins upon Himself. He took my punishment upon Himself. He died on Calvary to take my death upon Himself. And He rose again three days later that I might have His life, did that sound familiar? Life flowing through me. His life source living and flowing through me. He paid the price. The price was His death and His resurrection. So He paid the initial price. But there's also a price that you and I understand that we have to pay. Not that we earn our salvation, not that we do anything. It, it, this has to do with the relationship. This has to do with our sanctification. This has to do with our spiritual growth. Okay? There's a price that we have to pay as well. And that price is abiding in Him. Drawing our life source from Him. Think for a moment. Where, where do you draw your strength from? Where do you draw your sustenance from? Where, where, where do you draw your will to live from? Maybe it's from your spouse. Maybe it's from your family. Maybe it's from your, your identity and your occupation. It can be a lot of different things because this world offers all kinds of things that we can identify that we can draw sap from. But listen, here's what I want you to know. All of those are imitations of the true vine. 
The true vine, Jesus is saying, if you really want to live, it's got to be my life that flows through you. And my life can flow through you and produce in you like nothing else on this earth can. Come to me. But you've got to abide in me. You've got to live in me. You've got to draw your strength for the next breath from me. So what does that mean? It means I must choose. You and I must choose regularly, daily, moment by moment, to abide in Christ and Him abide in us. It is an ongoing, it's just like breathing. The Lord and I were talking about this this morning as I was waking up. And, and, and with each breath, He's abiding in me. I'm abiding in Him. He's abiding in me. I'm abiding in Him. And I laid there just in, in, in a sense of wonder for a few moments. How, how foolish it would be me, of me to say, I don't want to breathe anymore. I can't go long that way, can I? I can't exist long that way, can I? And we cannot exist without drawing our life essence from Him. So the price is we've got to work on being connected to Him. There, there's an active part of that and there's a passive part of that. For, for the plant, it's very passive. All he has to do is just be there, okay? It's the vine's responsibility to hold on to the branch and to supply all the energy it needs back and forth. And there's a sense that passive is in relation to with Jesus too because he's the one that's a, that provides us the strength and the ability to do anything spiritually, anything of any eternal value. But there's an active part of that. The active part of the abiding is I have to open myself to Him regularly. I have to avail myself to His Word. I have to communicate with Him in prayer. I have to fellowship with believers in Christ because you help me grow even as I help you grow. We have to be engaged in sharing what has happened to us to other people who have not yet come to faith in Christ. All of this is part of abiding. All of this is part of Jesus being in me and me being in Jesus. So as every aspect that brings growth to our lives, our daily Bible study with Him, attending in worship, being in part of a small group and learning and growing in the Word of God. All of these things are designed to let the, the life force of Jesus flow in and through us more and more. So our prayer is that intimate communion with Him and the life force flows. And being in His Word, that's intimate communion with Him and the life force flows. As we serve together this lost and dark world, the life force is flowing. You see what I'm saying? So our price is to obedience. Our price is saying yes to what Jesus is wanting to do in our lives. But because He has paid such a price, there are some things that are so wonderfully true for us. We just go in your Bible for the next few moments. Let's do a little Bible drill where you turn to verses as I, I give them to you. If you've got your Bible, you can actually do it with your Bible. If you've got your, your, your smart device, you can do it on that. I hope all of you have got a Bible on your, your iPad or your iPhone to where you can refer to that from time to time. But first of all, I want you to go to Ephesians chapter 1. Ephesians chapter 1. If you really want to get happy in Jesus, let me tell you something. You really want to get happy in Jesus. Just go to Ephesians chapter 1. Ask yourself the question, God, show me what is true of me because I am in Christ. And you won't make it out of 15 verses before you're shouting hallelujah, okay? 
this is just a great, great wealth. But in, in Ephesians 1.7, it says, In Him, there's that phrase, in Him, in Christ, because we are in Him. He's in us, but we're also in Him. In Him, we have redemption through His blood. The forgiveness of sins according to the riches of His grace. See, He paid that price. But because He paid the price of His blood, what do we, we have been redeemed. We've been bought back from the slave block of sin. And we have been forgiven. Our, our slate has been washed clean. And the price for that was the blood of Jesus Christ. But because you are in Him, and He is in you, this is true of you. You can say, I am redeemed. I have been bought back by my God. And if you will, go, go further back. I, I, I love this reality of this. Way back in 1 Peter, that's towards the back of your Bible. 1st, 2nd, 3rd Peter, then you get 1st, 2nd, 3rd John. 1st, 2nd Peter and 1st, 2nd, 3rd John. You get right back there in that area. Slip back up to 1st Peter for a moment and find that first chapter. And this is in his opening comments. And again, you really want to get happy, take about these first 10 verses and just really meditate on them. But in 1 Peter chapter 1, if you'll find, I'm going to start reading with verse 3, though what I really want to comment on is in verse 5. It says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to His abundant mercy has begotten us again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. There's His price. To an inheritance. That's what we get. That's heaven. That's eternal life. That's abundant life. All of that. To an inheritance undefiled that does not fade away, reserved in heaven for you who are, here's the word, kept by the power of God through faith for salvation, ready to be revealed at the last time. I'm telling you what part of the price is that Jesus pays. He says, you know what? Don't you worry about holding on, Fred. Don't you worry about holding on, Alan. Don't you worry about holding on, Barbara. I got you! You are kept by my power, my grip on you, not your grip on me. You are kept by my power to salvation, ready to believe at the last day. That's the price he's willing to pay. Let's go just quickly for a moment to the promise of abiding. This won't take us near as long. The promise of abiding. If you choose to obey Jesus Christ and to live in a vital, life-giving, life-source union with him, there are some tremendous promises that are yours that you go straight to the bank with. Go back to Ephesians again, but the second chapter. Go back to Ephesians again, but the second chapter. Ephesians chapter 2, and find verse 13. When I was lost, when I was outside of Christ, when I didn't know anything about Him, I was way, way, way lost and out in the woods. I mean, I was lost as last year's Easter egg, okay? That's how lost I was, all right? And, and But look, look what it says here in Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 13. But now, in Christ, there's the word, in Christ, or what are you going to tell me? Now, in Christ Jesus, you who once were far off, you were as lost as last year's Easter egg, as far off, you have been brought near by the blood of Jesus Christ. I, I, he's brought us close. He, he's embraced us close. That's the promise of being in Christ. The promise of abiding in Him. And let's, let's go to another one. Here, go back to Ephesians chapter 1. Go back a little bit. And I want you to look at verse 4. Look at verse 4. And here's another. In Him. Just as He chose us in Him from before the foundation of the world. You're chosen. 
If you've come to the Lord Jesus Christ and you have confessed your sins to Him and you've asked Him to be your personal Lord and Savior, He says, I choose you. You are mine. Boy, I tell you what, it feels good to me to know I've been chosen. That was always a scary thing at recess. You line up in two lines. You know you're going to play kickball or dodgeball or whatever. And, and everything we all dreaded the most was what? Being chosen last. <laughs> yeah. Right. God's saying you don't have to worry about that. You're mine. I choose you. And I loved you so much I chose you not only before you were born. I chose you before I formed the earth that you would be with me. What a promise. What a promise. Now, now go, to your, go to your left a little bit and go to 2 Corinthians. Just a couple of books over. 2 Corinthians, you'll find chapter 5. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. I'm getting happy. I'm going to start preaching right now any minute. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Take your finger down there and find verse 17. And he says there, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, there it is again, Look for this. Look for this in your Bible. If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. I don't know about you, but I get really happy right there. There's a lot of things in the old me that I'm glad they're gone. And there's so much in the new me that I like much better than I liked in the old me. Yes. And, and, and one last thing I want you to see. Go, go a little bit further to your left, to 1 Corinthians chapter 1. 1 Corinthians chapter 1. Paul's just, this is his introduction. This is his salutation. He's saying hi to everybody. In the midst of that, read this for me with you, William. 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 2. To the church of God which is in Corinth, to those who have been sanctified in Christ Jesus. What's that mean? Made holy, made special, set apart for God's unique love and use. That's what that word means. Why? These are promises because we're abiding in Christ. If I'm abiding in Christ, these things flow in and out of me. Alright? Now finally, I wanted to talk about the peace of abiding. This will be very brief. The peace of abiding. Go back to Ephesians. I told you you can hang out there a lot. Ephesians chapter 1, go back there again. Jesus paid the price for our abiding. We pay our price by abiding in Him. And out of that comes all these promises. But then there flows such incredible peace. Ephesians 1, verse 7. By which He has made us accepted in the Beloved. I cannot tell you how absolutely freeing this was for me to grasp. Because my acceptance had always depended on me pleasing people. And Jesus says, Fred, I've done pleased the Father. Ain't nothing you can add to what I've done. You are totally, completely accepted because you're in me and I'm in you. Whew, don't get any better than that. Can you say that with me? Whew. Yeah. To know that I'm accepted because I'm in Christ and Christ is in me. One more and then we're done. Uh, it turned to uh, go, go down a little further to find verse 13. 
In Him, there it is, in Him you also trusted after you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom, there it is again, also having believed, you are sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. Time to get happy? Okay. You know, your eternal salvation doesn't depend on how good a life you live. That doesn't mean you can live a sorry life. Don't misunderstand me. But the Bible says we are sealed by the power of God with Holy Spirit. Sealed up tight in the hand of our Father. Jesus said, I hold Him in my hand. And the Father says, I hold the Son's hand in my hand. And ain't no way, that's my interpretation, pardon me, ain't no way Satan or anything else is going to get Him out of my hand. Look, abiding is what's kept me sane sometimes. Abiding is what has kept me getting up in the morning sometimes. It's tough sometimes to be a pastor. Coming up the end of the spring, it'll make 50 years for me. And I've had some delightful times in serving the church of Jesus Christ. Some incredibly delightful times in serving you. But there's also been times it's been very, very difficult. As you try to take people and love them right where they are, but encourage them to grow to be all God wants them to be, you're not going to satisfy everybody. You're not going to please everybody. And it becomes really tough. And I just want to share with you, it's the Holy Spirit's presence and power. It's His incredible life source that flows out of abiding that keeps your ministers and the ministers all over this world going. It's tough. In the month of January, 250 pastors will resign from the ministry. Not, not, not just moving from one church to another, but leave the ministry entirely. A little over eight a day. I'm not settling on your moment. That's the reality of the world we're living in. It's hard. I wouldn't do anything else. I wouldn't want to do anything else. But even last week, a former pastor who's in another area of ministry right now told me, he said, Brother Fred, it's these kinds of things. It's why I'm not in the ministry today. Why I'm not in the pastor today. Folks, I say that to say the same source that has kept me plugging along through the good and the bad and the ugly for half a century is the same source that will enable you to continue keeping on wherever you are and whatever it is God has you doing. It is the connectivity to Jesus are you connected to him this morning I can ask no greater question than this are you connected to Jesus Christ do you know him as your personal Lord and Savior have you come to that point in your life that you have confessed to him your sins and accepted his death on the cross and resurrection to, deal, to be for you have you asked him to be the boss in your life 
If you have, then you have been grafted into the vine and this connectivity is firm and it's kept by God. Okay? But if you haven't, that can happen right now today. By simply praying and saying, God, I confess to you that <clears throat> I'm a sinner. I'm in need of you. I accept your death as payment for my sins. I believe you were raised where I could have your life flowing through me, and I need that. I want to turn away from my way of doing things. I want to do things your way. Come into my heart. Be the boss, the king, the ruler of my life. And according to the promises that we have read just today, <clears throat> you'll be accepted in Christ and made to be a new creature in Him. If you have already done that, but maybe you had not put the time and attention into abiding. And you found yourself a very weak branch, a not very productive branch. Jesus never said, go and make fruit. His command was not to make fruit. His command was for you to abide. Come to the Lord and say, Lord, my abiding is kind of bad. <laughs> I need to get better with my abiding. Can we do business with him right now? Bow your heads as I bow my knee. <laughs> Father, I want to thank you for the sustaining power that has flowed through me and that flows through each and every one of us here. That power is none other than the life source, the eternal life of Jesus Christ flowing through, through us just like sap flows through a plant. I thank you for this analogy, Lord. And this morning we look at our connectivity. Are we connected to you? <coughs> there are some here, Lord, that if they're real honest with you and with me today, they say, no, I'm not connected to Christ. I know a lot about him. I know about church. But I've never given my heart to Jesus but I want to. I want to right now. Lord, if that's the case, will you have them to pray with me right now and just say, Lord Jesus, I believe. I believe you died to take my sins upon yourself. I believe you rose again to give me your life. I confess my sins to you. Come into my heart and cleanse me. Forgive me. I need you to be the boss of my life. I need to be vitally connected to you as a life source. Father, you have assured me from your word that you've never refused that prayer to any living person. And you're not going to refuse it now. So in a few moments, Zed leads us in this invitation song. May we find freedom to just step forward and take, take Eric or Derek by the hand and just say, I prayed with the pastor. Lord, there may be others who want to come to just the altar and pray. Some may want to unite with our fellowship from a sister church. Lord, this is your time. Be glorified, we pray in Christ's name. Amen.